Good morning. It's 73 degrees, cloudy skies at 9.04. I'm Tim Dittman, DWS News. With a look at Greg Solier's forecast, today it'll be partly sunny, hot, and humid with a high of 91. We do have a 40% chance for rain today. Tonight, a 50% chance for some showers and thunderstorms, a low of 69. Tomorrow, partly sunny again, a 50-50 chance for rain, high 88. Chance for rain again tomorrow night, low 68. And on Sunday, more of the same. Cloudy, 40% chance for rain. Greg says if we see it, it'll be in the morning, most likely, in a high of 87. Right now, 73 at 904. You can get breaking news 24-7 at WDWS.com. I'm Tim Dittman, DWS News. Time now for a penny for your thoughts. Good morning, and welcome to A Penny for Your Thoughts with Brian Barnhart on News Talk 1400 WDWS. For over 60 years, East Central Illinois' daily gathering spot for conversation, dialogue, and ideas. You can join in on the phone, online, or via a text. Our phone number is 217-356-9397. Email talk at WDWS.com. Or text us on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line. 217-351-5357. Now, here's Brian Barnhart. And good morning, everybody. Brian Barnhart with you on DWS on Penny for Your Thoughts. Hey, we made it to Friday. It's June the 8th. Glad you're with us wherever you might be listening today at the end of the week. A partly sunny, hot and humid day, as you heard Tim mention, a high of 91, 73 currently in downtown Champaign. And I guess a little bit of a chance of rain as we work our way through this day and the end of the week. Glad you're with us. Hope your week's been a good one. I've enjoyed every day being with you and uh, glad to be back with you again today on this Friday. Busy show for you today. And uh, as is the case with live radio, sometimes uh, the schedule gets adjusted on the fly. Uh, We are going to have Jim Durkin with us here, the uh, House leader, the Republican House leader over in Springfield, about the recent budget. How did they get all that done this time on time and in uh, good order it appears everybody seemed happy with it we'll see what the what the deal was with the budget this time around with jim durkin who is the leader of the republicans in the house uh, over in springfield also in the second hour we were going to do a um, visit with the baroque artists of champaign urbana and uh, joseph baldwin the music director they have a performance coming up end of year performance over at uh, st john's catholic over by the newman center there on campus and we're going to have him on in the second hour, but uh, he needs to get to the airport to fly out or to get some work done over in Indianapolis. So he's going to join us at about 9.35. We'll give you a quick sample of what uh, their work and what they do. And then we'll have open phone time, open line time the rest of the morning from that point on until 11 o'clock this morning. So we'll get it started. We'll take our opening time out. We'll get Representative Jim Durkin, the leader of the Republicans, to uh, start the show here in just a few minutes. And then... Uh, do the uh, Baroque Artists of Champaign-Urbana, and then lots of other news to cover, including uh, sports news from uh, yesterday with uh, Greggy Boygbedine. All of that straight ahead on Penny for Your Thoughts, back after this. Ryan Barnhart back on News Talk 1400 DWS. Penny for Your Thoughts. Glad you're with us uh, here this morning and uh, pleased to be joined by the uh, leader of the Republicans over in Springfield, the uh, House Minority Leader. His name is Jim Durkin, and... Uh, Representative Durkin, good morning to you. How are you today? Brian, good morning. Thank you. Um, I'm doing great. Uh, it's overcast and stormy here in the west suburbs of Chicago, but uh, uh, I can say that uh, based on our budget uh, success last week that we will have sunshine for at least uh, a few months, and <laughs> things are looking good. Well, it's uh, it's great to have you on, and uh, I know that uh, you're actually feeling good because you're home 
in this month rather than the last couple of years it's, where uh, you've been uh, in Springfield stuck for a while. Uh, yeah, I, I, and I wake up, uh, you know, beginning of June, and I'm like, where am I? I, I feel like I'm, I'm like I'm confused. But no, it's 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 great to be home, and it's great to have the budget complete. It's a uh, it's I, I, I've told people that yes, it was a was a good moment for us, but. Let's not gloat too much about this because this is our responsibility every year. So we should do this more often and negotiate, uh, find compromise and on every issue. And, you know, I think people will feel satisfied with our work. And uh, But uh, I'm glad that we were able to put this aside and, and bring certainty to Illinois, to our universities, our, our K-12 through schools, our public uh, our, our public uh, safety officers, uh, you know, state employees, everybody who relies upon a state budget. Well, uh, tell me, uh, Bill Black, you know Bill Black uh, from around here. I know uh, well. he, he said, you know, uh, the process works when you let it. Is that kind of what happened this time? Bill is spot on. And, uh, and you know what, we're in the minority. The Democrats allowed us to, and I hate to use the word allow, but they allowed us to participate. And uh, they should do this more often. Uh, there's been two major issues that we have dealt with over this past year with success. One was re, uh, um, reforming the public uh, education uh, school aid formula and also the budget. We did we were able to accomplish that because the Democrats brought us in and allowed us to participate. And uh, I've said over and over again that if you really want to get things done, bring us in. We got great talent in our caucus, but we can we can we can work together. We can we can we can solve problems uh, on a collaborative basis. And um, I wish the Democrats would do more of it. And I've challenged the Speaker and the President of the Senate to to take up every major issue by uh, allowing the framework which we've worked off in those major issues. Uh, and you know we can get things done. But uh, it's power is in the hands of two people, and that's the President of the Senate and also the Speaker Madigan. Mm-hmm. Jim Durkin is with us. He's the leader of the Republicans over in Springfield. Again, the budget passed and signed in the last week and uh, and on time. What are, what are the couple of things you're most uh, proud of, I guess, with the budget? Is it the, the education funding, uh, some uh, beginnings of pension reform? Would those be two big ones? Well, those are two big ones. I think, you know, we're, our commitment to, and, and Governor Rauner's commitment to public education is absolutely incredible. Uh, his predecessors have cut public education funding every year. Uh, this past summer, when we uh, when we negotiated the education bill, we we created, made a greater commitment, greater investment in education, and we we put another 350 million dollars into public education. Uh, Governor Rauner's commitment towards K through 12 education is unparalleled, and I think that that is an incredible incredible feat. Uh, we believe in uh, giving every child an opportunity uh, to succeed, and that's what we do in Springfield. We had minor. Uh, success with our pension systems, allowing for a, uh, a buyout of the 3% COLA from state employees. That's just the beginning. But I'm, but I'm disappointed that we didn't go further with pension reform. Uh, there is legislation that was passed out of the Senate last year, uh, which I support. That's President Cullerton's pension reform bill. I have my votes ready to go. Uh, so there's only one person who's holding up meaningful pension reform in Illinois, and that's Speaker Madigan. But uh, getting back to the budget, what we were able to do is that the Republicans were able to stop a half a billion dollars of additional spending because of the negotiations that the Democrats were seeking. Uh, we were also able to, if we were to continue in a, in, and mirror what happened with last year's budget, uh, it would have been a $39.8 billion uh, 
budget. We saved that, so that was a billion dollars that we stopped the Democrats also. There's a lot of issues in there, but I think for purposes of of your region, we were able to secure the funding for the governor's initiative for developing this major tech park in the city of Chicago, which will be part of the University of Illinois. So I'm really excited about that, too. All right, Jim Durkin with us for a few more minutes this morning uh, on Penny for Your Thoughts. Um, a lot of people will say, I mean, hey, they got it done this time because it's an election year. Nobody wants this budget battle you know, they don't want voters to blame them, whoever, whichever party it is, uh, in the election. Is it, Was there some pressure that way, do you think? Well, I think the lot, what, what drove this, sure. I, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm sure the November elections were, were, were looming over the Democrat leaders' heads. Uh, Republicans have been, you know, we, we, we are, we've been insisting upon participation over the past three years with these budgets, but they finally, this past year, decided to bring us in. But that, that, that contributed to it, but I believe the uh, the pressure building up on the, with the rank and file members also forced the Democrat leaders, and uh, I'll say mine, to get this done. We're not going to let the state go any further down the hole. This happened over the past three years, uh, and if we did not get this done, uh, you know, people were going to be held accountable, mainly the leaders in Springfield. So I, I give credit to the rank and file members by, for holding for holding the leaders' feet to the fire to get the job done, and uh, that I believe was a, as much as a contribution as was the November elections uh, had on our willingness to get this done. I know the uh, the the tax increase that went into effect last year that brought in obviously more revenue uh, certainly helped along the way, but uh, it seemed like uh, your goal is on the Republican side was not to allow more taxes to come in. Was that your goal going into this budget discussion? Absolutely, uh, Governor Rauner uh, two months ago sent a letter to the four legislative leaders and then eventually to all members of the, of the legislature that he is uh, he, his request is very simple: a full year budget a balanced budget, and one that relies upon no new taxes. Uh, and uh, I, I, I don't want to sound too partisan, but I'm a partisan Republican, and there was attempts, and I think a lot of members of the Democrat side of the aisle wanted more spending, which means they'd have to find new revenues, and we were not going to put up with that. Mm -hmm. So I'm pleased to say that the Democrats lived within the uh, the boundaries of what the governor sought in the purposes of his signature for a budget, uh, but we can't tax anybody anymore after last year. Uh, we have an election in November where the Democrat nominee, Mr. Pritzker, has already said that we need to raise the current flat rate, and then we're going to change the Constitution, and we're going to set up a graduated progressive tax, which would be a disaster. So I, I, I just hope people understand that you know when you write your check every April, or a lot of people do it on a quarterly basis, you need to see return off your investment. Yeah. And, I quite frankly don't think that uh, we can say that that's been accomplished. So taxing isn't going to be our problem. We have to be able to reform our pension systems. We have to pay our bills. We have to do that by not relying upon more taxes. Uh, but these are things that are within reach. And difficult decisions have to be made, but that's how we're going to get out of this mess. You're the expert on this, but I know there's always sweeping of funds, moving things around. Uh, I know the governor mentioned, hey, we need to ride herd on this budget make sure that the expenses equal the expenditures. Uh, do you feel that can be done in this budget? It can be done, but I think people need to understand that while the governor did sign a budget, it doesn't mean that our work is over. A budget is based on forecasts. It's based on uh, you know assumptions and conditions that have to be met. Uh, and we have gone through 
a number of scenarios that if we did see that there was a perhaps we didn't see revenues coming in from a certain area, we'd have a contingency plan. But this is a work in progress. A budget, whether it's in the public sector or private sector, is a living, breathing document that must be maintained and cared and, work and managed during the course of the year. So our work isn't done. Uh, we have to follow exactly all the parameters and the, and the, and the, and the things that we, we set out in the, in the budget to make sure that they're accomplished and they're executed by. So um, it's, a, it's, it's, a, it's a framework. It's a budget, but it's a framework, and, but it requires more work. I know you got to go here in a few minutes. You have time for a call. You, you mind taking one? Of course. Okay. Uh, let's you. go to uh, Paul on with uh, Representative Jim Durkin. Paul, how are you? Oh, very good. I really appreciate uh, you taking my call, and I really uh, it's great that we got a, a budget. And I just got a couple of questions. The um, sure. Illinois is effectively bankrupt with our, our bonds are junk. And in Jim Dye's article in the News Gazette last Sunday, he talks about the Federal Reserve Bank of Chicago is making a recommendation for a 1% long-term statewide property tax to pay off our state pension, which is $130 billion underfunded. And so for a $200,000 house, that'd be $2,000 in additional taxes every year until that's paid off. And also the, the, the legislature passed a minimum $40,000 a year pay for teachers, which come out of local property taxes. And and uh, it's great that we got a budget, but the, the problems for Illinois are just uh, financially overwhelming. And what are we doing to look at those problems, uh, the underfunding, the junk bonds status, and all these other unfunded uh, mandates? Okay, we'll let him answer that. Well, thank, getting, thank you, Paul. Getting, sure. Getting into the $40,000 a year base pay for teachers, I did not support it. I will, I will recommend the governor to not support it. That is a matter that should be dealt with at the local level. Uh, that was a political bill. Uh, school districts need to be able to manage their own budgets without Springfield sticking their nose in and telling them how to do their business. It was wrong. Let them manage it through their collective bargaining at their local level. That was a bad piece of legislation. It should not become law. With respect to our public pensions, as I mentioned earlier, that is unfinished business. We cannot rely upon other people, mainly Illinois residents, to pick up the uh, the difference in the in the liabilities that currently face our public pension systems. I will not support any comes close to a statewide property tax to maintain these public pensions. It's wrong. There's probably three or four percent of the population who are the ones that are the beneficiaries of this defined benefit program. The 95 or 96 percent of Illinoisans who do not have that should not be picking up the uh, the balance. Pension reform has to be done in Springfield, and it has to be reformed within the systems. And we do have a way to accomplish that. As I mentioned earlier, we have, I think I mentioned this earlier, that the bill has been passed out of the Senate. I'm prepared to put my votes on uh, on President Cullerton's bill, and uh, and the governor will sign it. There's one person who's stopping that, and that is a way for us to maintain and to eventually uh, bring down this unfunded liability with our pension systems, uh, but remember, our pension systems are kind of like a mortgage. They're going to be amortized over years. So we, if we accomplish the goal of getting meaningful pension reform in the way in which uh, the, the President Cullerton's consideration model mm-hmm. is his, that he's offered over a 30-year period, we can stabilize these systems. Uh, I don't think you're ever going to have them 100% funded, but if we can get them up to 80 to 90% funded over the next 30 years, uh, it's going to save these systems and for the public employees who rely upon them. I hope the public employees realize that reforming our pension systems saves them uh, and saves their systems from going bankrupt. But I'm not going to let Illinois taxpayers pick up the difference to be and be responsible for mismanagement of our of our systems over the past 30 years. 30 years. 
Well, a couple of uh, non, I guess, uh, budget-related matters. Uh, you're one of the, the four leaders. What's it like in a meeting with with the governor and Madigan? I mean, you guys talk sports. Do you? I mean, do you smoke cigar? Do, what what goes on in those meetings? I'm I'm just always curious. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not the smoke-filled back meeting meeting that people think about. Uh, it's it's very cordial, but uh, there's some very strong personalities in the room. Uh, all four of us and the governor. Um, at times, I can say that the uh, meetings have been a bit surreal, but uh, the the real work that goes in <laughs> to, to solving the state issues uh, are, are done by our staff after direction in these meetings. But it's a uh, the meetings sometimes it can be uh, pleasant, productive, and other times. <laughs> Just the opposite. Yeah, so, I've just, I've just always that, wondered because I like to be, you know, in a in a room where you're <laughs> dealing with big issues, and you've got, as you said, very strong personalities, and uh, yeah. you know, the, let's face it, the, the governor and Mr. Madigan, they don't agree on much. But I just wonder, you know, can no. you talk? Can you talk Cubs? Can you talk? I mean, do you, do you <laughs> do stuff like that? <laughs> um, you know what? I, 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 I it. We we're very direct when we're in these meetings. Yeah, okay. Uh, yeah. And they don't go for an extended period of time, uh, but I'm I'm pleased to say that there's not like a three stooges pie fight that goes down in there. So that's a, that's a good thing. Yeah. Uh, well, well, thanks for humoring me on that. I just was curious. And and your brother is a federal judge, right? Uh, a lot of people know him. My my oldest brother Tom is a U of I grad, but he was a uh, he's a sitting United States District Court judge. I have three other brothers that are U of I grads too. So mm-hmm. we're, we've got a great. Yeah. Uh, tradition with uh, Champagne and my daughter who's in high school is uh, is U of I on her sites of one of the schools that she's going to be looking at and uh, so we, it's a wonderful institution and uh, it's just uh, I've, I've got a great family and uh, we've been very benefit we've benefited from the state of Illinois yeah. all of us in one way or the other over the past 30 years. Well Jim, uh, Representative Durkin thank you for uh, being with us today. I know you've got a busy schedule and um, I guess yeah. con- you know congratulations on uh, I know everybody it's funny because people uh, you know, griped about all the the um, the delay and the you know the struggle they went through for a couple of years. And when they do it, everybody's like, "Well, now wait a minute, how do they do that?" And so you're kind of in a you know you you can't win either way. But it, but it, I think for the uh, state having it done, I think everybody's kind of relieved that it's done anyway. So it feels that way, and uh, I'm glad we can put that in the rearview mirror and uh, get on with our other responsibilities. Thank you for coming on, Representative Durkin. We appreciate it. Thank you, Brian. All right. Have a great weekend. Yep, Thank you. you too. Rep- Representative uh, Jim Durkin. He's the leader of the Republicans in the uh, House over in Springfield. All right, we're at 925. We'll take a break. We'll come back with more. Penny for your thoughts after this. Nine twenty-seven here at Penny for your thoughts and seventy-three degrees. Thank you to Representative Jim Durkin, the leader of the Republicans in the House over in Springfield, for being with us for a few minutes talking budget. I've always wanted to ask one of those four leaders that question about what what is it like in a room with those guys, with those four leaders, with the uh, Cullerton and Madigan and Rauner and and, and Durkin. What 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 do you do in there? So um, must be uncomfortable, I would think at times. But anyway, I just appreciate him. Sharing on that. By the way, if you ever needed collision repairs, uh, Gallo Miller Paint and Collision Repair is the place. Full service collision repair facility. They know having a car accident is a serious matter. Your mind is racing. Where's my insurance card? Boy, how uh, silly was I to do what I just did there, huh? I mean, how, why did I go left instead of right? What was I thinking? Well, 
uh, when uh, you get through all of that, you get to take care of the insurance rare on site, then uh, hand the keys over to Dave Miller and Bill Gallo, and they'll get your vehicle back to where it needs to be. They're hands-on in their business. They know the collision repair business inside and out. In fact, Dave spent a number of years as an insurance adjuster before returning to his first love, fixing cars. Bill successfully ran body shops at other notable businesses in the area. They know what a hassle it can be to have your car repaired, and they want to take care of it for you. So free estimates always offered. Consider Gallo Miller and paint, uh, paint and collision repair if, unfortunately, you need collision repair service in the future. South side of I-74 between Neal Street and Prospect, or go to Gallo Miller. Dot com is the uh, website location. All right, 356-9397 is the phone number. You can text us on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line, uh, 3515357, or email us, talk at wdws.com. Lots of national news, local and national news to talk about. Tomorrow, by the way, um, the end of an era coming up for the women who graduated from the Julia Burnham School of Nursing in Champaign, having their final alumni banquet. Our newsroom's been covering that story a little bit. Of course, at the national level, the president is headed for the uh, summit, G7 summit. Uh, they're not happy with him either. would like to be a fly on that wall too, huh, with all the tariffs and the Iran, uh, Iranian deal that uh, the United States is looking to uh, get out of. So we'll uh, talk about that a little bit during the course of the morning this morning. And also coming up in a few minutes, uh, I don't know if we've done this before, but uh, we're going to give it a shot. Joseph Baldwin is the music director of the Baroque Artists of Champaign-Urbana. Classical music, contemporary inspiration. And uh, he's over at the University of Illinois. Uh, he's been part of uh, award-winning chorale ensembles at the University of Michigan. He's done a lot of work in the uh, Big Ten, but uh, currently at the University of Illinois. He's going to join us and uh, just kind of uh, help us get a quick sample of the Baroque Artists of Champaign-Urbana. They have a show coming up at uh, St. John's on campus on Sunday. And so we want to give you a, a sample of that and how you can enjoy that this weekend. So we'll tell you about that here in the next few minutes. And then open line the rest of the time this morning up until 11 a.m. here on a Friday. Tim Dittman is here on his birthday with the news. Happy birthday. Thank you, sir. And uh, are you uh, 30 yet? I'm yeah. not. One more year to one go. One more year to go. Okay. That's a big number. Yes, it is. Well, it's not that big a deal anymore. <laughs> it means my youth is over well, in a year. <laughs> no, no, you got a long way to go. You're just getting started. So uh, Tim Dittman here with the news, and then we'll come back with more. We'll have a little cl classical music. I know. That might shock you, right? Just for a few minutes, and then we'll uh, – and a, a lot of people enjoy it, so we'll, uh, we'll, I think you're going to enjoy this uh, little segment coming up, and then we will uh, continue with more Open Line after that. A Penny for Your Thoughts with Brian Barnhart continues on News Talk 1400 WDWS. You can reach out to us on the phone at 217-356-9397, email talk at WDWS.com, or text on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line, 217-351-5357. Glad you're with us. Penny for your thoughts. News Talk 1400 DWS on this Friday. Busey reminds you this is Internet Safety Month. Every year, millions of consumers fall victim to cybercrime. According to Javelin Strategy and Research, $16.8 billion stolen from over 16 million U.S. consumers in 2017. And they have some um, ideas to protect yourself from uh, this online fraud. Keep your computers and mobile devices up to date. Set strong passwords. Watch out for phishing scams. That's with a 
PH. Keep personal information personal. Secure your Internet connection with a password. Shop safely. Ensure the web address begins with HTTPS and check for the lock padlock symbol on the address bar. Read the site's privacy policies. Always uh, changes in technology. There's new ways for risk. Best way to protect yourself is to be proactive. Go to the Information Security Center on uh, Busey.com to stay informed. Uh, a couple of notes here, and then we'll get to our next guest. Not surprised to hear Illini fans may be treated to kneeling players during the anthem. And, of course, uh, Whitman has an explanation to justify the pending spectacle. Uh, that's from CJ talking about uh, Josh Whitman. Uh, was asked about by Scott Beatty about uh, uh, student-athletes expressing their political views and so forth. That's what that is in reference to. Also, he says Lassie was a Tennessee walker. And uh, from Eric, he says, Brian, the NFL has seemingly told their players they must stand during the national anthem or stay in the locker room. I heard early today Josh Whitman was going to leave it up to the players as to what they want to do. I'm going to say not good for a majority of the fans. Uh, that from Eric. Three five six nine three nine seven. On the line with us here is uh, Joseph Baldwin. Hey, Joseph, good morning to you. How are you doing today? Hi, Brian. It's great to be with you. Well, great to have you on board with us. Uh, you're on your way somewhere, right? You're on your way to Indianapolis? I sure am. Yeah. Ironically, I, uh, I'm i on the road. Yeah, and so you're. Uh, we're going to have you on the phone here. We want to talk uh, about the Baroque artists of Champaign-Urbana. But uh, tell us about you real quick. You're over at the University of Illinois, right? Absolutely, I am. I'm currently working in the development office for the College of Liberal Arts and Sciences during the day, but uh, I moved here from Massachusetts originally in 2015, where I was teaching and conducting the choirs at Smith College, um, and uh, my my career up to this point is focused mostly on choral music and working with choirs around the country, and now I'm I'm investing my time in Champaign-Urbana and, and the Baroque artists. And you've been a little bit a part of the Big Ten with Michigan also, right? You were up there for a while. I sure have. That's where I did my master's degree, Brian, mm-hmm. and, uh, in Ann Arbor and spent my undergraduate years at Northwestern University as well. So I just can't get away from the Midwest <laughs> despite my years in Massachusetts. <laughs> yeah, well, well, it's good to have you with us, and we just wanted to give people, I know that uh, you've got a uh, performance coming up. Uh, what on Sunday, the uh, the season finale for uh, the Baroque Artists of Champaign-Urbana, otherwise called Bach, B-A-C-H. What, what is, tell us about this group. Absolutely. I'm so proud of Bach. Uh, Bach is a group that was founded in 1996 by wonderful emeritus director Chet Alwis, who's known and loved throughout the community, of course. Um, many listeners will probably recognize his name. And I was fortunate to... Um, to uh, join the group as music director uh, this past summer. And uh, it's a group that is marvelously talented and full of a group of about 55 community and student singers who come from all walks of life, all professions. Um, We are a community ensemble, but we also include some singers from the university as well, professors, staff members, folks who work in insurance, computer science, all make up the wonderful community that is Bach. Um, the group was founded to focus on the Baroque era, as the as the name suggests. We have expanded the the music recently, the repertoire to include music from all eras up through today. Mm-hmm. And uh, the uh, celebration of life, Bach shines. The celebration of life is Sunday, June tenth at seven thirty p.m. You're going to be over on uh, on campus, right? 
Absolutely. We'll be at St. John's Catholic Newman Center, uh, which I just learned is the oldest Newman Center in the U.S. So let's uh, let's preview what you're going to be doing on Sunday. We have a couple of pieces here that are a couple of minutes long. We uh, we want to give people a little sample. Uh, set me up the first one here. I guess what the Bach Cantata, right? Great. Yeah, the the uh, Bach Cantata, Cantata Four in the German text, Chris Lag and Todesbanden. Uh, we'll start off our program, and um, is is a contemplation on these light-hearted <laughs> themes of life and death, uh, dating from about 1707. Um, and Bach masterfully um, creates a, a world for us, a, a sacred world. Uh, we'll talk later about a secular world that contemplates life and death, but this one in particular is a sacred text that's written um, for Easter Sunday. Okay, we're going to give our listeners just a sample, a uh, couple of minutes here, so uh, here you go. That is Bach Cantata. We're here with Joseph Baldwin. He is the music director for the Baroque Artists of Champaign-Urbana, Bach, as it's known here in town. And he is the director. They have a performance on Sunday at St. John's Catholic Chapel on Sunday, June 10th at 7.30. You hear those amazing voices. I mean, like you said, Joseph, these are people that work in our community every day, and they're doing this as, as a nighttime job, you know, I guess, right? <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> you know... Community choir, this is 
Uh, Bach is Champion Urbana's premier uh, community choir, and we are unfortunately not the group to be singing on that recording that you have right there. Mm-hmm. Um, but you have to come to the performance on Sunday evening to hear Bach's version of that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, it's still a very impressive piece, and I know that uh, for people that want to um, that want to be a part of a group like this, what do they do? Do they contact you, or do they contact the the group, or what? Absolutely, yeah. Folks who are experienced singers who can read music. Um, should go to the Baroque Artists website, which is www.baroqueartists.org, or just search uh, Bach Champagne Urbana, and you'll find us. And then we do set up a small audition with me as the music director, which is more of me being able to get to know you as a singer and your background and your interests and um, then hear you vocalize and sight read mm-hmm. a little bit. And you also, I noticed, just uh, this is the end of your season coming up. How many performances do they do during a typical year? We have about four concerts per year. The first one is always a one that features a wonderful instrumentalists from our community, and we have such a, um, such a great group of those. Area. The second one in November is... Um, uh, our first choral concert of the season mm-hmm. this year was on the theme of gratitude with music from all across the um, the centuries. And then the third one is our Young Baroque Artists Competition, which features uh, winners of our high school competition playing Baroque music and then high school choirs in the area joining us for a joint concert. Mm-hmm. And then our fourth one is always our season finale, which usually includes a, a works with orchestra like this weekend's will. And I notice uh, you perform at different churches in our community, in town, and, and also at Cranert. So, uh, you know, you certainly make the rounds in the community. We sure do. We yeah. try to get to as many places as we can. All right. Well, here's another uh, performance, uh, a song you're going to perform, a, a piece. Tell me about it. Yes, this is one of my favorite pieces, Brian. Um, this is a secular take on life and death um, that that provides a wonderful uh, perspective uh, in contrast or, you know, in complement to the sacred um, um, approach that the Bach Cantata does. It features texts from all across uh, time, I guess I should say. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the poets are William Penn, William Blake, the Psalms of David, Muhammad Rajab al-Bayoumi, an, an Egyptian poet of the early 20th century. Um, this piece includes fast rhythms from the British composer's um, home of New York City at the time. Um, he wrote the piece first to be premiered in Jerusalem and the West Bank. It includes uh, texts that um, feature unity uh, and bringing people together. All right, let's hear it here. It's uh, part of it's called From Heaven Distilled, but here's, uh, here's a couple minutes of it just to give you a sample.
that's the kind of music you're going to hear coming up on uh, Sunday night. Our version of it here with the Baroque Artists of Champaign-Urbana. They will uh, perform these and more Sunday, June the 10th, 730 at St. John's Catholic Chapel, 604 East Armory Avenue in Champaign there on campus. If you know where the Newman Center is, it's right uh, right there. Well, Joseph, this is uh, some great music, and uh, I hope people will... Uh, Support. I know you guys are always looking for support and sponsors and so forth, so um, they can go to the website, right? Absolutely, Brian. All our info is there. We welcome we welcome so many of the Champaign-Urbana community already as, uh, into our audiences, and we, we'd love to welcome so many more. We're always welcoming singers. We'd love to just welcome everyone into our community in yeah. some way. All right. Hey, Joseph, uh, thank you for spending a few minutes with you. Have safe travels, and... Um, I think uh, this has been uh, very, very interesting to learn about your your group and your organization. And uh, this is the uh, what do they what do you say the premier chamber choir in in Champaign Urbana. So uh, congratulations! Absolutely, thank you, Brian, and thanks to all your wonderful listeners. All right, we appreciate it. Have a great day. Bye, everyone. Yep, Joseph Baldwin, University of Illinois, and uh, no, we didn't turn into a classical station right there. <laughs> But I did want to give you a sample of it. I think it's pretty cool. So at 9.52, we'll head for the news at 10. We have an open line going here the rest of the morning. And so so check them out. The Baroque Artists of Champaign-Urbana, classic music, classic uh, or contemporary inspiration, Champaign-Urbana's premier chamber choir, and a lot of uh, University of Illinois and Champaign-Urbana connections. So we hope you'll check it out. All right, uh, we'll come back with more after this timeout. Feel a little more learned after something like that, right? We're on a penny for your thoughts. Appreciate Joseph Baldwin for being with us. Again, the Baroque artist of Champaign-Urbana. 356-9397 is how you can join us on the phone lines. And we've got some more text and email in here while all that was going on. 954, good morning to uh, Betty. Hi. Uh, thanks for having me on. I wonder if there's anybody out there. I had written a paper sometime back to stamp. Uh, club president for Champaign-Urbana is Chuck Cooper. And I have found some old, old stamps of my mother's, and I would like to know how to get hold of this organization or who I should call, if maybe somebody out there would have a phone number that I could get hold of. Okay, and which organization is it? I think you dropped well, out there for it, a second. It's here at the Champaign-Urbana Stamp Club. Oh, Okay. And it says in the paper, and I found this article, it was in 2017, that the club president was Chuck Cooper. But in this article, they were having some kind of a a um, viewing, and people could come in 2017, but I missed that. And so I was wondering if there's anybody out there who could give me a number I could call or point me in the right direction. Okay, very good. We'll see if people can help you. Okay, Betty? Okay, thank yep, you very thank much. Thank you. Uh, email in from Benny says, Good morning, Brian. If LeBron James scores 100, like Wilt did, Wilt Chamberlain, the Cavaliers would still lose the finals. They're over tonight. <laughs> okay. Uh, the Warriors are in the catbird seat, so to speak. And he also wanted to know when the Capitals will have their victory parade. I don't know, Ed, if they've let us know about that or not. Also, uh, note in, John Rothstein says, Duke will host Army. On November 11th, this is in basketball, at Cameron Indoor, per a source, Mike Krzyzewski against his alma mater on Veterans Day. And he says awesome stuff. So anyway, those are some of the things that have 
come in here in the last few minutes. We're at 956. Swanson Roofing is a hands-on owner as he works on every job with the crew. Swanson Roofing, the roofing dog, truly a family-owned business. It's 100% owned and operated by Corey Swanson and his wife, Melissa. He's a graduate from Rantoul High School in the University of Illinois. And uh, the biggest thing is uh, they'll do a great job for you. That's a given. Uh, They're also um, receiving full benefits, 401Ks. So, again, they're incentivized to do a great job for you, for Corey and Melissa. Swanson Roofing guarantees the workmanship of the uh, work for their work for the lifetime of your roof. And the materials they use are guaranteed for 50 years. So uh, if you're just looking to get an estimate, maybe you don't know if you have a problem or you think you might but you're not sure, get a free estimate. I mean, what could that hurt? At least you'd have a little peace of mind to know, okay, what's really going on up there? Why is that wood stained a little bit there in that area? I don't know. You can find out. The Roofing Dog provides services in Champaign, Vermilion, Ford, and McLean counties. Call for a free estimate, 217-355-ROOF, 7663, or visit Swanson Roofing online at theroofingdog.com. We'll have an open line uh, for the entire second hour coming up. We had Jim Durkin off the uh, top of the show, the House leader for the Republicans over in Springfield on the uh, budget they just passed. And then the Baroque artists of uh, Champaign-Urbana originally had them scheduled in the next hour, but as it turned out, they, um, they had a conflict, so they needed to move it up, so we did it right there. So we have open line time. The rest of the hour this morning. I don't know if you saw this. I know Tim Dippman briefly during the news. President Trump says he may pardon another late heavyweight boxing champion, this time Muhammad Ali. And you say, well, why would he do that? Well, Trump tells reporters he's looking at thousands of names of people who could be granted clemency. Uh, Trump already has granted a posthumous pardon to boxing first black heavyweight champion Jack Johnson convicted of violating a law that made it illegal to transport women across the state lines for immoral purposes. Ali, of course, as you may remember, refused to enter the military during the Vietnam War, declaring himself a conscientious objector. His decision resulted in a a draft evasion conviction, and he was eventually stripped of his heavyweight boxing crown. His legal fight ended in 1971 when the Supreme Court ruled in his favor. And uh, the American celebrity chef, Anthony Bourdain, has been found dead in his hotel room in France. I know a lot of you are probably familiar with his work. Uh, he worked on CNN, a uh, CNN series on culinary traditions around the world. He was 61. CNN confirmed the death, saying in a statement he was found unresponsive this morning by a friend, and they were calling it a suicide. The police there in emergency services did not immediately have information about the death. here at Penny for Your Thoughts. We mentioned the uh, sports news and, of course, Greggy Boigbedine. That also was a story from yesterday for the Illini basketball team. We can get into that a little bit. You concerned about that? He didn't play a lot. He he did contribute some. Uh, Was a big man off the bench for Coach Brad Underwood. Averaged about two points a game, but he was being counted on for probably some more minutes this year. But now he's going to transfer. That news coming down uh, yesterday. All right, approaching the news at 10 on WDWS Champaign-Urbana. Open line in the second hour. Your forum after the news. It's the second hour of A Penny for Your Thoughts with Brian Barnhart on News Talk 1400 WDWS. You can reach out to us on the phone at 217-356-9397. Email talk at WDWS.com. Or text on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line 217-351-5357. Now, here's Brian Barnhart. 
All right, Dan, we're back. Penny for your thoughts. News Talk 1400 DWS. Open line, open mic, open forum here this hour. So you have the floor if there's a topic you want to bring to the table. Talked about the Illinois budget with uh, Jim Durkin, who is the GOP leader in the House over in Springfield. So we had him on at the start. Then we talked a little bit about the Baroque artists of Champaign-Urbana. And uh, we will... uh, Remind you again that they'll have a performance on Sunday over at uh, St. John's there on campus. All right, let's see here. Uh, the text line is available as well. Castle Heating and Cooling text line 3515357. And you can email us, talk at wdws.com. You heard during the news, PNC Bank may leave its three-decade home downtown for a new Midtown Plaza, a half mile closer to campus which would open up a large space in the historic building that once housed First National Bank. That's reported by Ben Zigderman as part of uh, News Gazette Media, so you can check out that article. Dan McCullum, former mayor and kind of the city historian, he says, I love that building. It was built on a level of pretentiousness that was utterly astonishing. He said it was the Harris family that was the original main investors in that bank. B.F. Harris was probably Champaign County's first mega-rich individual. And McCullum went on to uh, describe the building used to have a magnificent lobby that was shortened in the 1980s to add another floor. So that was uh, part of the uh, local news here in our uh, community that was in the uh, News Gazette today. Also went back to the uh, archives as far as uh, we've been talking about the hockey rink and everything downtown. It was uh, 15 years ago, just to tell you how long we've been thinking about this, 2003, Champaign developers Peter Fox and Clint Atkins say that 20-some acres south of the Assembly Hall could give way to a cosmopolitan complex incorporating a multi-purpose convention center, including two ice rinks, meeting and exhibition space, a 100-room hotel and restaurant. The centerpiece of that plan in 2003 was a 200,000-square-foot multi-purpose convention facility and ice rinks, one of which would be home to the Wings, a tier one junior hockey team owned by a Danville industrialist, Lou Mervis. So we've been thinking about something of this uh, type for uh, at least 15 years, <laughs> going back to 2003. And, of course, the I-Hotel is in that location now. And a lot of other things as well. Three five six nine three nine seven. One note, we had Betty call in near the end of the hour. She was asking about the uh, Stamp Club, Champaign-Urbana Stamp Club, and I assume... This could help you, Betty. Uh, I had a question about some stamps. There's a um, couple of things. There's a website, uh, if you have access to that, custampclub.org, C-U as in Champaign-Urbana, custampclub.org, or you can call 217-359-9115. This was from a story in the News Gazette from October of last year, 217-359-9115. So you can try that, see if that helps. If you have any other advice for her, feel free to pass that along. We're on Penny for your thoughts here this morning. Let's go to Mark. Mark, good morning. Good morning, Brian. You know, I'm sorry to impose, and this is my last installment okay. on Sam. And if you can keep it fairly short for me. Well, okay, I'll do my best. Okay. It may not be my last installment. Well, My, I, my goal I, is for the people out there to put on their critical thinking hats. You know, originally this started out where there was an accident. They denied there was an accident. Absolutely mm-hmm. said there wasn't an accident. Yeah. But then when they, they got a copy of the neurosurgeon's report from the hospital where it says 
the day before admission, he was riding the MTD bus. He got up to discard a pop bottle while the bus was stopped at a red light and fell down when light changed and the bus accelerated. That is when the left leg pain started. The morning of admission, while trying to ambulate in his apartment, he lost his balance on account of the left leg and fell down. He hit his head and scraped his forehead, but claims he did not lose consciousness. This is when his arm weakness started. Now, let me read you, I, now okay, let yeah. me read you the female driver's report that I absolutely conflicts with Sam's statement that there was no female involved, okay. and it is perfectly oh. made for this situation. Okay, let's keep. When I, I arrived, hang on. Let's keep it to the point, if you can, because what happens yeah. is people get more mad at you for doing it than they do being informed. So just keep it short, okay? Well, it's about a paragraph long. This okay. Is the female driver report. That'll work. And I don't want to come across as callous or mean or mad, but this yeah. is very frustrating when you have some when you're a power of attorney for somebody who's laying flat on the back, and for two, for a thousand days he's been this way, and I visit him over 750 times. I I have a lot vested. No, I understand. Yeah. It's it's personal. Okay. I get it. I'm just saying don't um, don't waste your opportunity. Yeah, don't don't get well, people to where. Where they, you know, where they tune you out. So just you know, make it, make okay. your point, and then let's go on. Okay. The female driver report that I contest never happened. When I arrived at the terminal to start my piece, an older male passenger was having trouble walking. He couldn't walk to my bus at platform A, and had another person ask me to pull up to the second B platform to pick him up. I did so to accommodate the passenger. After he boarded my bus, he stated that he had fallen previously that day on another blue bus and had hurt his knee was not working well at all. When he got to a stop, he couldn't stand up on his own. I assisted the gentleman in getting to his feet after lowering the bus and parking it with the hazards on. I got the man to the door asking him repeatedly if he wanted an ambulance. He kept stating he didn't know he was going to, how he was going to get to his home. I noticed some young men sitting by the apartment building at Crescent Round Barn that the man lives in and asked them for assistance getting this man off the bus and to his home. Two very nice young men came to help. I did mark the camera to index it. It flashed red, so I do not know if it videoed or not. So the problem with that driver's report, which, again, does not fit the uh, narrative that it was the same bus driver that he fell on the bus and then he was taken back with, is, one, it states she marked that there, there was an incident report. Now, why didn't that show up? And I contest, and, again, I have of those two young men, I have one of those on video who says that bus driver, he did not get up to help. So that's mm -hmm. a contradictory to this entirely. And just for motive, when Mrs. Mark Smeller lost her legs on the bus, there was a $10 million settlement. There's a motive here to lie. And I can test to you that this, this is a travesty and that the MTD has done things in this case that when is – they often say the cover-up is worse than the crime. In this case, I'll tell you the cover-up is a crime. And that's one of the reasons you haven't heard me for the last three years, because I've been very involved with Sam. Now I, I, I don't have to hide it. I don't have to be careful with what I say. And I do plan on speaking up about things I'm seeing in, the, in our society in the future. But right. I've left my, my information with Ed. I'm asking that a journalist contact me so I can show them the documentation I, I have that any critical thinker will look at and say, this does not add up. Right. And I, I apologize if I come across as hard, but this is a, a devastating thing I'm dealing with. 
for a friend who's living this life, laying in a bed. Yep. So, Brian, I I, I appreciate what you do. All right. Hey, thank you, Mark. Thank you. All right. Have a great day. Uh, We go from Mark to Mike. Hey, Mike, good morning. How are you, sir? Okay, Brian. Uh, There was a reason why uh, we hadn't heard from Mark for three years, because Jim would not take his calls. He threatened Jim. He uh, wrote letters to him. Mark gets passionate about things that these people that, that listen to Penny Free Thoughts cannot do anything about. And why subject us to listen to something over and over and over that uh, we can't do anything to? He needs to go to the courts and, and shut up to, uh, and not come on the air. Yeah. And uh, you watch out or you'll be threatened too by him. Well, I... You know, I I don't know him that well, but I you know I I want to give everybody a chance to, you know, express their feelings, and I don't want to um, I don't want to be rude, and you know I want him to get because it's for him it's obviously very personal and very passionate, uh, but I also know that I've got a larger audience that you know at, at some point you begin to lose people because, you know, you need to make your point, and and then move on, and um, there's like you say there's not there's not much I can do, for him other than you know. Then let that let him talk a little bit, but not uh, not chew up the whole half hour. So, okay, Brian, thanks a lot. Very good, thank you. Three five six nine three nine seven. I mean, they have uh, they actually do have stations in town where you can uh, you can buy your time or go on and do a show. I know our friend Al uh, has done that over the years. I mean, you know, you you get a you get a show and you do it for an hour and you can talk about anything you want, but uh, we have to kind of put the parameters on it and keep the show moving. I mean, that's the goal, right? Cause we want to hear from a lot of people and a lot of different opinions. Uh, 10, 18. Hey, good morning, Derek. Good morning, Brian. Um, I just want to, uh, begin and, and, and I'll keep it brief, but Mark Thompson is a personal friend of mine and, uh, has been for some time. And actually I met him by, by uh, contacting the, his uh, former business that he's, uh, his sons run slot and wing hobbies because I, in fact, enjoy many of the positions that he takes uh, with regards to society and politics. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as revenue and so forth, he's uh, invested. I bet you could look at ledgers and, uh, and sheets, and he's, he's paid for several ads that have run on with position statements on, on this very program and other times throughout the day. Mm-hmm. So that, that's that. And, uh, yeah, there was some bad blood between, uh, Jim and Vicky and I think that, uh, Jim owns a lot of that. And that's all I got to say. All right. You have a good day. And, Thank you, uh, Eric. Keep it up. Appreciate Bye-bye. it. Thank you. Three, five, six, uh, nine, three, nine, seven is how you can uh, join us on the phone lines today. We have an open forum, open line going here today, Ten nineteen. And uh, whatever topic you'd like to bring up, we certainly welcome it. Uh, and uh, we certainly uh, like to hear from the text line as well, 3515357. You can email us, talk at wdws.com. We will take a break here. We'll come back with more of your phone calls, emails, and texts. Covered the Illinois budget there in the first hour. And um, I can tell you we may, we may have the governor on next week. We'll see. We're uh, kind of working on that, see if it's going to happen. But uh, he was on with us, I think, back in February. But we'll see if that works out. But uh, right now, still a work in progress. 10-20, back after this. Welcome back. Penny for your thoughts. News Talk 1400 DWS. Got a text in. I guess it's an email. 
from Ross. He says, hi, Brian. Hey, I heard a caller yesterday mention that Jeff Sessions, quote, hasn't done much lately. He's the attorney general. Says it's hard for news to cover all of the mundane day-to-day work that goes on at the DOJ. One helpful tool, he says, is to go to federalregister.gov, federalregister.gov. It's a daily publication where every federal agency lists new and proposed regulations. So there you go. Department of Justice, if you'd like to check that out, federalregister.gov. Happy birthday today. Among other things, Nancy Sinatra, Frank's daughter, is 78. Comedian and actor Jerry Stiller, the father of actor Ben Stiller, is 91. And this guy's been in the news a little bit lately, Kanye West. He's married to Kim Kardashian, who's also been in the news lately, in the uh, regular news, not the uh, uh, society page, but uh, she's, uh, he's 41. And this was the uh, birth date of the former first lady, Barbara Bush, born on this day in 1925, of course, passed away back in April at the age of 92. Andrew Jackson, America's seventh president, died on this day in 1845. He was 78. The explorer and mountaineer George Mallory, the man who said he wanted to climb Mount Everest because, quote, it's there, died while trying to reach the summit on this day in 1924. He was 37. And Leroy Satchel Page, the Negro League star who made it into the newly integrated Major League Baseball when he was 42, died on this day in 1982. He was 75. Those are some of the things that have happened on this day. A couple of other notes, uh, the guys, uh, Dave and Elizabeth, the guys, <laughs> Dave and uh, Lizzie and Lone mentioned it earlier, 1947, Lassie debuted on ABC Radio as a 15-minute show about a heroic collie. 1998, National Rifle Association elected Charlton Heston its president. And uh, this is the day in 1966, pro football reached a merger deal under which the NFL the National Football League and the AFL, American Football League, would be joined into one league with two divisions, the NFC and the AFC. The merger also created the yearly championship game, which was dubbed the Super Bowl. 356-9397, we're at 1024. You can text us. Castle Heating and Cooling text line 351-5357. Mike Namoff, everybody knows him for 30 years. Big Mike has been a major presence in East Central Illinois and beyond with his store, This Is It Furniture, and his many charitable projects. Of course, This Is It Furniture recently joined forces with a new store called Snooze Luxury Mattress Shop. Big Mike will now have two stores and has here recently. And Snooze, just an unbelievable store. You won't find a store like this anywhere in Champaign-Urbana or in East Central Illinois, or I'd say in the Midwest, I would contend. They've got the lifestyle adjustable bed frames. They've got pillows like you wouldn't believe, carbon cool pillows. You can have a free and easy analysis done by the reveal machine. They've got the scented pillows of all kinds. They've got, I mean, you lay down on a bed, they'll let you lay there in several minutes, and you can, uh, based on the reveal machine, you can figure out, okay, this mattress is best. This mattress is not uh, the best for me. They've got a wide selection. The room is just full of mattresses and beds. It's at Country Fair Shopping Center. Springfield and Madison Champaign. This is it, Furniture and Snooze. One of the many things involved uh, there with Mike Namoff, Big Mike. He's been around a long time, and uh, he's got the uh, the presence to help with charities. He raises money for all kind of organizations. 
Special Olympics, March of Dimes, Boys and Girls Clubs, you name it, he's done it. So one of our proud sponsors here on Penny for Your Thoughts. Got a text in, Castle Heating and Cooling text line. He says, keep politics out of athletics. The left used politics to get rid of the chief. Now they want to use the anthem as a political tool. If people were upset with a war chant being banned, see what happens when the first player kneels. Support of a losing team is tenuous. This would not be good. That is from Bill. And I believe we've, uh, Ed, we've got that cut that um, Josh Whitman was talking with uh, Scott Beatty. This is what I think people are referring to. It was on the news uh, earlier this morning and um, talking about what does the university do when it comes to the student-athletes expressing their uh, political feelings. At the end of the day, we're educators, and, and part of our challenge and our responsibility is to uh, encourage uh, a, a level of thinking and, and uh, an engagement in, in social uh, dialogue that, that perhaps they, they haven't had before, and particularly at this moment in our history, that it's, it's a really unique time and, and a time for them to uh, wrestle with hard issues and have conversations and be a little uncomfortable, and, uh, and, and we want uh, to, to engage in that process fully at a place like our, our campus. And that's uh, part of what people are referring to, some of the texts and emails we've gotten this morning in regards to that topic. Another text on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line. It says, in 1967, when Cassius Clay refused to be drafted, I'd been in the Navy for 15 months. My brother had been in the Navy nine and a half years. If Mr. Trump pardons Clay or Muhammad Ali, I won't support him for president in 2020. No uh, veteran should. That's from Tom in Somer Township. And uh, Bill sends along a joke for a Friday. Says, to lighten the mood, Bear walks into a bar. Bartender asks, what will you have? Bear says, I'll have a beer. Bartender says, why the big pause? (laughs) Okay, very good. Got some uh, amateur comedians out there. That's good. 3569397 is how you can join us on the phone lines. You can text us on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line at uh, 3515357 or email us talk at wdws.com. This also, by the way, 50 years ago, I forgot to mention this, the capture in London of James Earl Ray, the suspected assassin of Dr. Martin Luther King, was announced just over two months after King's murder and was arrested in London on this day, 1968. And also, 1995 on this day, the U.S. Marines rescued Captain Scott O'Grady. If you've ever read the book or the story of that, his F-16 had been shot down over Bosnia six days earlier, and he was trying to avoid capture, basically kind of like being hunted down by some of the folks there in Bosnia. So Captain Scott O'Grady rescued on this day in 1995. 10:29. we'll go ahead and get to the news here. I'm 30 seconds early with Tim Dippman, and uh, we've got more Penny for Your Thoughts. Open line up until 11 o'clock today. And, uh, of course, we've uh, had a busy show already and more to come here after the news. All sorts of things we're talking about today on Penny for Your Thoughts. Open line, open mic, open forum, and the floor is yours. 356-9397 is how you can join us. You can text us on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line. That's always available. 3515357. Had a joke even thrown in there. You can text your jokes. It'd probably work better on the text line, right? <laughs> they might bomb on the air. I can screen them for you. 
but you can also uh, email us, talk at WDWS.com. With you till 11 o'clock today, we had Jim Durkin on. We had uh, also the Baroque artist of uh, Champaign-Urbana there for a few minutes uh, in the uh, second half hour, or the first hour. But now it's open line here the rest of the morning. By the way, uh, Betty, i got some more help for you on the Stamp Club. The uh, president of the Stamp Club called Ed off the air. Uh, his name is Chuck Cooper, and his number is 359-7470. 359-7470. Chuck, the president of the Stamp Club. So there you go, Betty. We've uh, we found all sorts of things for you. you got a hold of the president of the club. A couple of movies to talk about. One, I just wonder if you've seen Solo yet. It's been out a, a couple week or two now, I guess. Is it good? Is it worth seeing? And also Oceans 8, if you've seen Oceans 11, 12, and 13 with George Clooney and uh, that whole crew. Uh, this one features, uh, among others, Sandra Bullock, Kate Blanchett, Anne Hathaway, and Rihanna. But it's Oceans 8, that's coming out. I guess it's a similar type movie to the Oceans 11, I would think. 12 and 13. 10.34 here at DWS. Back to the phones to Tim. Good morning, Tim. Good morning, Brian. Hey, I'm going to talk a little about a Russian collusion. There's going to be uh, more Russians at the White House than there were Philadelphia Eagles when they bring the Stanley Cup. Because <laughs> they're, they're all on the Washington Capitals. I'll tell you, half the team's from Russia. I was going to try to get hold of Dave this morning since he's such a Blackhawk aficionado, and but um, I did uh, read the article in the paper today about uh, you know Josh wanting uh, to get the uh, Division One hockey going, and um, Notre Dame is coming into the Big Ten this coming fall. That'll be seven, and Illinois would make eight, so they could end up having two divisions. And um, my idea was to have them land in Lakes Division. Well, there you go. Something different. I, I like you know, that. You know, you know, he got pretty dominantly um, for uh, Michigan, Michigan State, Wisconsin, and Minnesota. And you'd have Ohio State, Penn State, Illinois, and um, the way that Michigan would be one of them. There'd be one that would be a, a mm. Lakes team. But um, I don't know if anything was brought up how they would um, do Title Nine. My idea would be have women's field hockey because. You really need 22 players. You'd have 11 full-time scholarships and make uh, all the scholarships half scholarship. Yeah. Hmm. That's interesting, and, yeah. And then, and then with Title IX, you would, field hockey would not be as cost as much. Travel, there are already big, uh, women's field hockey in the Big Ten, and that would uh, negate having a, a women's hockey program. I need some people like that, but realistically, uh, the expenses would be a lot less, plus the insurance. Yeah, that's an interesting thought. I hadn't because um, well, yeah, I, they... I've never had a excuse me. I never had a chance to ask uh, uh, Josh that question, but they will have to have a a comprehensive, you know, a, a sport comparable to men's. Right. Yeah, it has to be similar. As, as did, if you know. Did I see? Uh, <laughs> was it Johns Hopkins is in the Big Ten in in one of those sports? Did I yeah, see that would be field hockey. Yeah, I think Rutgers. It's predominant. It was uh, Eastern sport. You know, when Illinois had swimming and they had men's fencing was the dominant force. That was predominantly a Eastern, well, I'm going to call it, shouldn't call it elitist, but it was more of a gentleman's sport. 
mm-hmm. you know, pretty, you know, high. Just fencing doesn't sound like a real sport to me, but it is. Yeah, no, there's there's an art to it for sure. But anyway, I, I kind of had a, wanted to make a little joke. Um, you know, the media is going to go nuts when uh, see uh, Vladimir Putin. I call him Vlad Dracula. And Alex Ovechkin are, are real good friends. Yeah. They're going to be drinking vodka out of Stanley Cup in Red Square. <laughs> well, good good for the Caps. That's, uh, I know, but it's pretty amazing. Yeah, I, that, I, is, that I, is funny. That is funny. Yeah, to think I know, about. It, it is. Well, all right. Hey, thanks for listening to me, Brian. Hey, I appreciate it. Thank you. Okay, take care. You bet, Tim. Thank you. 356-9397. Uh, said, hey, Brian, I told you I'd reach out before renewing our Indy 500 tickets for 2019. Want to join the group of us and attend? You'd be our new rookie. Let me know. That's from Brian. All right. Well, let me uh, let me, let me me talk to my wife about that. <laughs> I, I think that would be okay. But, uh, yeah, just have to make sure I don't miss anything at home there. But, yeah, Indy 500 tickets, uh, that's a possibility. I've always wanted to go. She, I mean, she, she'd think it's great, too. But uh, Let's see here. Stan. Hey, Stan, how are you? Good morning, Brian. Nice day out here today. Uh, I have a, a, a long uh, comment here Uh-oh. in a minute. But uh, do you know the uh, significance, the anniversary that occurred on uh, June 8th? June 8th, today. Today. Yeah, well, I, I read through several of them, but what? 1967. Okay. Did you read that one? I don't know if I read that one. Okay. Well, this is the June six day. 19- yeah, the six day war, right? Uh, there was an attack on a, a ship. The fourth day of the six day war. Mm-hmm. On June eighth, on June eighth, 1967, the USS Liberty had been assigned as a. Uh, it was a spy ship. It had only 50 caliber machine guns to defend itself with, and it was assigned duty off the Sinai Peninsula in the Mediterranean. Mm -hmm. Most of the other Western Mediterranean ships at the time had been ported in either Italy or Spain. But the uh, Eastern Mediterranean ships, most of them were ported in uh, uh, Greece, Whenever a spy ship goes on a uh, dangerous mission, the fourth day of the six-day war is considered a dangerous mission, they request a, a uh, destroyer to go with them for protection. The Liberty was denied a destroyer escort. The Liberty was off the coast of the Sinai Peninsula on a bright, sunny June 8, 1967, some of the crew members in the morning that were not on duty were sunbathing on the deck, and they saw fly overhead two Israeli reconnaissance airplanes. They flew around the Liberty a few times, observed that the American flag was indeed flying from its stern, and flew off. About five hours later, a half a dozen or so a squadron of unmarked fighter jets came and attacked the USS Liberty. They strafed the uh, the flag. They strafed the people on deck. They dropped napalm on the ship. They were trying to destroy 
a United States ship in the Mediterranean. We know that they were Israeli because it was a spy ship, and they monitor all of our communications. All of our uh, SOS channels had been uh, blocked, uh, had been uh, taken off the air Mm -hmm. by the attacking ships. In the initial attack, eight sailors were killed on the uh, deck of the Liberty, and the the attack from the air continued. The Liberty sold sailors uh, tried to uh, fight back with their 50s, but of course, against a jet, those are not an extremely effective tool. Right. Uh, and uh, a, uh, and the 34 were eventually killed, right? 34 were eventually killed, mm-hmm. and, and let me tell you a little bit about that. As soon as the Liberty um, was attacked, there was a message that did get out, and it got out to, uh, I think it was the USS America. It was uh, the uh, carrier that was ported in, in uh, Italy. At that time, the Cold War was hot, so American aircraft carriers always had on their deck what's called ready aircraft. The ready aircraft is an aircraft with a pilot in it and two nuclear weapons strapped to its underbelly, ready to take off at the first sign of trouble. Those attack, those uh, ready aircraft were launched from the aircraft carrier. Um, They uh, got about halfway towards the Liberty before they were recalled to the aircraft carrier and told to break off the engagement. During this time frame, a squadron of planes from uh, the America and another uh, uh, aircraft carrier Mm -hmm. were dispatched to protect the Liberty. From shore, two missile-carrying attack boats were sent out with uh, torpedoes on them. Okay. So what's the so what so what's the end of the story here? What what's the point of the story? Is that the point what? of the story? The point of the story is that in December fourth, uh, nineteen sixty four, Lyndon Johnson reported the Maddox as having been sunk in the Gulf of Tonkin in Vietnam. Three days later, the Gulf of Tonkin resolution was passed. Mm-hmm. And five days after that, the Maddox sailed into Pearl Harbor, and the and the government at the time did not rescind the Gulf of Tonkin order. And I believe, and you cannot convince me otherwise, because the president himself recalled those squadrons of planes from the other two aircraft carriers. He knew because he didn't assign a uh, escort ship. He knew because he personally recalled those aircraft from the Sixth Fleet uh, aircraft carriers because the admiral in charge of the Sixth Fleet talked to McNamara first, and when McNamara told him to recall those planes, he said, let me talk to your boss. I'm not going to do it on your orders. And he talked to Lyndon Johnson, and Johnson told him to recall those airplanes. Hmm. Okay. Well, thank you. I, I, I appreciate that. Thank you, Stan. Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. There you go. That was He's right. That did occur on this day, 1967. Uh, Israel, by the way, later said the Liberty had been mistaken for an Egyptian vessel. 
but uh, that was the story on that. I've not lear- I've not heard a whole lot about that, but when he started talking about it, I looked it up a little bit and kind of followed along. Uh, Alan, good morning. How are you, sir? Uh, pretty good. It's uh, another warm one. We could use a little rain. Yeah. Uh, I think I asked you this before. You got any eligibility left? <laughs> yeah, I didn't. <laughs> I uh, four players from last year. Yeah, I didn't. Uh, I, I didn't see the Boygadine thing coming. That was. Um, I didn't either. You know, I, I, you know, he's a, he's still kind of a project. I mean, he, you know, has a long way to go, but you could see the potential that he has with his athleticism. He just brings a different dynamic. So. Um, and this team could use that, especially yeah. size-wise. Yeah, just from the sheer, you know, the size is the biggest thing. But um, yeah, that's that's too bad. I'm, I'm disappointed with that because that uh, that puts you know Brad behind the eight ball a little bit with a big man, but and you know reduces the numbers of players, obviously. Well, um, I don't know where you're going. I, there might be some people out there, but there can't be very many people that could really help you. Mm-hmm. I know we got good players coming in and all that. But it's going to affect them sometime. I just, I just can't see this being a very good team at all next year, especially with the schedule we got. It's going to be rough. Uh, maybe we'll show flashes of where we can be, but right now I think we might have better success in football than we will basketball for next year. Now, two years from now, that might be a different story. Yeah. All right. Hey, thanks, Alan. Yep. Bye. Appreciate it. Three five six nine three nine seven. Let's see here. Uh, ba 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 It says CJ for once. Stan is right on. He says Israel is no friend of the U.S. Talking about that incident in '67. And text in says when when are you going to start? Let's see. What does it say? Start cutting off people from making speeches, not comments. Well, I I tried to um, steer him to a shorter direction there, so. You know, I try to give people a chance to express their opinion. I know sometimes, uh, you know, you maybe have to hear them out a little further to kind of get an idea where they're going. But uh, I think I tried there when he started getting into, uh, I'm a big guy on details. When you start giving me, a, when you lose me in the weeds, then I know as the, um, you know, the moderator, the host of the show, that, hey, you probably lost the listeners too. So I'm I'm, I'm aware of that. But, um, no, we we try to keep, you know, things concise and moving along and get to the point. But also give people a chance maybe that um, don't call as often, a little more time. I know you can get nervous on the air. The, the people that regularly call aren't that nervous. But, um, yeah, we'll, you know, I definitely will uh, always try to keep in mind the listener and the pace of the show and where we are. Anyway, we'll come back with more 1048 here at DWS. Penny for your thoughts next. Penny for your thoughts, News Talk 1400 DWS. Got a note here from Mark Jones and Arthur. The 2018 Arthur Fireworks Celebration begins at 4 on Saturday, June 30. Live band skydivers, powered parachutes, and concluding with the largest fireworks display in central Illinois. And he's got a lot more here. I won't read all of this. Let's see here. But he does highlight a couple things. Gigantic's fireworks display begins at 9.30, features an exceptional array of shells, from around the world, including many American specialties. New to Arthur this year, the Parabolic Barrage. Shells fired from 17 locations across 400 feet, which has never been done in the area and only in Arthur. <laughs> okay, for 2018. This will take place in the program when Kate Smith sings God Bless America during the 27 and a half minute show. And he says in all caps, and cannot be described. 
So thank you, Mark. So check it out. Mark's a big uh, booster for Arthur and a good friend, and uh, I can hear his voice when I'm reading that statement. Can't you? <laughs> official One of the official photographers at the U of I, right? Is that his official title? He has an official title? Yeah. Mr. Arthur, I think, would be what it is. All right. Uh, Jim, good morning. How are you, sir? Good morning, Brian. How are you? I'm doing well. Thanks for taking my call. You bet. Um, something just a little off uh, off the uh, beaten path here this morning that uh, I've been wanting to share for a while, though. I'm a season ticket holder for the football team. Yep. Um, and I'll be there at all the games, start to finish, win or lose, no matter what the score is. I back the team as a fan, and I think that's what you do as a, as a fan. Um, so, but anyway, I had this idea about the uniforms, and I've seen the uniform change that they're making this year. I'm just not that impressed with it, uh, personally. Um, have you seen them? Yeah, and I'm trying to remember what I saw. <laughs> were they, yeah, were they, they're really what, plain. They're just yeah. really, really plain, which plain is okay, too. It's, you know, it's what I love about the Bears uniform, which mm-hmm. actually came from the U of I to begin with anyway, but that's another story. Um I had an idea that I just thought was really cool, and I don't know whether or not it could be implemented or not. But you know how they change uniforms out, like, at Oregon or whatever, like, every year, and they just have all these outlandish uniforms? Yeah. Um, I, I, th- I think they change out at halftime sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's too crazy out there. But I think this is a really neat idea, and, and I, I think you might, too. Um, I think any Illinois fan and any fan of football, for that matter, all the way up to professional, understands uh, what Red Grange meant to the game. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, without him, there, there literally may not be a National Football League today as we know it. Oh, that's right. Uh, and 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 what he did for college football. And there, I mean, it just you know, um, there are books and and movies you can watch or all kinds of you know you can educate yourself on the man if you don't know about him. He he just was incredible here. And there's a statue out there that reminds us of that <laughs> on the west side of the stadium. Here's my idea about the uniforms. I think it would look really cool if on everybody's, if on everybody, uh, on each jersey, no matter what your number is, there would be another number that was a, in the shadow of of that number. And, and and that number would morph into number seventy-seven. Hmm. Oh, okay. Kind of like a. See what I'm saying? Yeah, like a hologram or um yeah, that kind of. Yeah, kind of, just something. Yeah. yeah, right in the background of it, but but that every number actually was you know came, and then that way you could say either that was the shadow of, or every number coming forward came from the seventy-seven or something like that. I don't know. I just thought it'd be maybe a neat idea. Yeah. Although I just. Although I just thought about what would you do with the single-digit numbers? Yeah, <laughs> that's I, a good. I hadn't come up. With, that, that's I a good question, with, right? So, well, yeah. anyway. Well, you're you're thinking out there, and that's important. Absolutely. Yeah. Very good. Thank you, but Jim. Thanks for letting me share. Hey, you're welcome. Thank you. Bye bye. There you go. Some numbers that transition into seventy-seven. And wasn't that one of the ideas that people had? They were kicking around for. Um, symbol or mascot or whatever would be a somebody said a a horse right without a rider a galloping ghost right somebody suggested that at one point he's talking about the uniform specifically 
And the uniforms, they have various ones, blue with orange numbers, uh, what the block eye there on the side of the helmet. Uh, they've got the white ones. They've got the gray ones, which the players love. I know the fans don't necessarily like the gray ones, but um, a lot of people do. But I know the players love the gray uniforms. Uh, Doug, good morning here at 1056. Hey, good morning, Brian. Hey, uh, Champaign-Urbana Astronomical Society and the Fourth Reserve are going to sponsor a star party on Saturday night, tomorrow night, starting at 8 o'clock at the Middle Fork uh, Forest Preserve Waterfowl Viewing Area. That's up on 3500 or Route 9 uh, north of Penfield and Gifford. You know, this is put up for, you know, one of the dark sky parks for the whole United States, so it should be a lot of fun. To get there, you could take 136 to Gifford, and then right there in the center of Gifford where you've got the gas station nursing home, turn north there on 32 and then go up five miles to the stop sign. That's Route 9, Champaign County Route 9 and then turn right going east there, and it's just on down the road there on the north side. So it start about 8 o'clock and run to midnight. If people want to look at the sky and the stars and everything else, look at the planets, it would be pretty exciting because that's a dark sky area. Yeah, that's for sure. And when is that again? It's tomorrow night, Saturday night, tomorrow starting night. at 8 o'clock okay. at the um, Champaign County Forest Preserve Middle Fork River Waterfowl Viewing Area. That's off of Route 9 or 3500 north you know, up there in the Forest Preserve. That's the very north end of the Forest Preserve. Okay. And anything special? Uh, I know you're going to see the sky and all the everything up. Anything special they're watching for right now? Well, Jupiter and Saturn will be up. I mean, Venus will be up there looking to the star formations. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is play, You know, this thing has been nominated for one of the dark sky parks in the United States. There's only a few dozen of those completely. Mm-hmm. So we're really lucky to have the Forest Preserve doing all that work. And it's going to be out there in this nice area. There's a gravel parking lot that you can park in. It's on the north side of the road, then go on the other side of the fences where the telescopes will be all set up. So bring your own or come out and look through the telescopes that are there. All right. Hey, thanks, Doug. Take care, Brian. Yep. Thank you. Yep. Good to hear from you. We're at 1058 here on DWS. A couple of minutes left uh, in the show for today and for this week. Back on Monday at 9 o'clock. I'll be here uh, next week. And then I am going to try to take some time off. I do need to do that, I guess, at some point since there's no football or basketball games going on. So I'll probably do that the week after, take a little time off. Scott Beatty will sit in for me, uh, not next week, but the week after. And then back with you as we get ready for the 4th of July and uh, all of that. And are going to have, you may have heard the promo Ed did, uh, the Ice Cream and Independence show. And our friend Jim Turpin will be hosting the Ice Cream and Independence show over at the uh, Virginia Theater coming up. So we'll be listening for information on that. Um a little bit later on. But uh, hope you have a great weekend. Hope the weather uh, holds okay. It uh, looks like it's going to be a little warm. Some uh, human conditions out there. 40% chance of rain. Uh, chance of rain at 50% both tonight and tomorrow. Let's see. Record high for today is 95. So we're going to get close with 91 degrees. Thanks to uh, all of our guests today. Joseph Baldwin was with us for a little bit from the Baroque Artists of Champaign-Urbana. We had Jim Durkin on from the uh, State House over in Springfield, of course, they uh, got a budget wrapped up here in the last week or so. The governor signed it. I guess it was earlier this week he actually, he actually signed it. And so everything, uh, at least for the budget uh, fiscal year coming up, is done. So we appreciate Jim Durkin, one of the leaders in the House, for being with us during the course of that uh, first hour. Hope you enjoy your weekend. Thanks to Ed Bond for his help. Thanks to our guest today. Thanks to all of you for listening, for being with us, for calling and emailing and texting. We'll crank it up again on Monday. Enjoy your uh, weekend. 
on WDWS Champaign-Urbana. The news is coming up next here at 11 o'clock at the Tone from CBS. It will be 11 o'clock. Have a great weekend, everybody.